Hey friends, welcome back to the Plant-Based Business Podcast. Today it's my absolute pleasure to speak to Natalia and Damien, co-founders of plant-based nutrition and wellness brand Form. Business for Purpose, Form is today available online on the shelves of places such as Selfridges and Soho House. Damien, from engineer to MBA to conceptualizing plant-based protein, and Natalia, moving to the UK without speaking English, have built a company in Form which is really challenging perceptions around plant-based protein. Amazing conversation, insights on what it takes to launch a brand, and a host of value in this episode. Hope you enjoy. So welcome guys, Natalia, Damien, and we've also got Damien Clarkson with us, so I'm going to say it early doors, this could get confusing. So <laughs> when I refer to Damien Clarkson, I'm referring to, to you, Damien okay. Clarkson. Great. <laughs> so guys, welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you even more than normal for bringing me cupcakes, of which I've just had two. Super good. Using form protein powder. Which flavour did you use in those? Tiramisu. So it has to be sweet to us now, Louis. I'd be very nice to you. <laughs> but that is definitely my favourite flavour. And to have it in a cupcake, which smelt a little bit of banana. I'm getting, was there banana in there? Banana, banana, peanut butter and tiramisu. <sighs> protein powder and only one tablespoon of maple syrup. It's so, incredible. Guilty free. Basically all my favourite things in one cake. So I can definitely vouch for the cupcakes. I can definitely vouch for the protein powder because I've now been using it for the last few months. So thank you for, well, first creating the amazing protein that is form. But more recently, today, right now, creating these cupcakes because I'm super, super impressed. But the, but that's our mission. Our mission, it is like to bring products that create an emotional connection. We never want to be a healthy product that you force yourself to have. We want to be a healthy product that you are excited and you look forward to have. And with no compromise to science. And that's why we have, as our head of nutrition, a PhD nutritionist with over 20 years of experience. And it took over 18 months of research and development to get to the blends that we have in the market today. And even like every time that we want to introduce a new flavor, it takes a long, long time because we want to be proud of the flavors that we are making. And as part of like being part of people breakfast, being part of people snack and being part of the journey of trying to go the plant-based the easy way, it's fundamental that we cannot compromise on taste. Well, traditionally, when you say, when you label a food as healthy, the connotation is therefore there has to be some level of sacrifice that I'm not going to enjoy this. It's almost like a compromise. Eating healthy, it's good for me, but oh, I don't really want to eat it. And that's from childhood, isn't it? You're told to like eat your greens, eat your veg. It's like, I mean, you make a face and you don't really want to eat. So we have to challenge that belief and bring something to market that's, yeah, it's, it's tastes amazing, but also it's really good for you. Nutritionally, it's balanced. It it's, ticks all those boxes as well. I mean, that's always been key for us. Um, you know, the flavour is so important because it's only with the taste that people come back for more. Okay, mm. Otherwise, it is a chore and something yeah. very difficult to do. And we just wanted to make it easy for you. And as Natalia says, to do it without any compromise to taste. There was, you know, there's no reason why things that are healthy and good for you have to taste bad. I mean, the only reason previous vegan proteins didn't taste good was because no one took the time to actually really develop them and take the time to really work on the on the flavouring of them. 
And the reason being is because most of the plant-based supplements comes as a second thought of a massive industry as whey protein that saw like veganism as this trend and maybe we need to offer something. Mm. But because the main source of income is whey protein, then developing a product that really tastes good, it didn't take, they didn't take the time. Then you also have the supplement companies that they are 100% plant-based, but they were targeting vegans. And then, of course, if you already made the decision of like not eating an animal product, then you add a peanut butter, you add a banana, you add date, and then instead of end up with a protein shake, you end up with like a, a fat and a carb calorie fest in order to make it palatable. But for us, our mission, and that's our underlying mission, it is to make whey irrelevant. We want to attract people into a plant-based lifestyle without them even noticing that they are compromising. So 80% of our customer database actually do not identify themselves as vegans. And then as a result, we are attending a, a bigger chunk of the market and making a difference to, to the people that believe that by reducing the amount of animal products that they have, they're doing a good I think we're definitely in a good, a good place today, heading towards 2020, when mainstream consumers are, are open to choosing plant-based options in full knowledge that they are vegan. There's not there's not the same level of contention around choosing something that's vegan for fear of how that then categorizes you. When did you guys start? When did the idea come from and, and, and how quickly were you able to turn this from an idea into a kind of a, a minimal viable product? So, so form is the brainchild of Damien. So I let him <laughs> to answer that question. So, uh, well, you're, you're, the first part of your question, it took a bloody long time. I first started looking at the nutrition space, I think around 2015, something like that. I'd always been into nutrition, always into fitness and eating well and so on. And it was around that time I started getting interested in, in veganism and plant-based eating, reading books like The China Study. And I think Cowspiracy was out around that kind of time as well. It was really just a space where there was there was a lot of products that I was consuming a lot, but nothing that really spoke to me. When you looked at the nutrition space at that time, if you looked at the landscape of brands, it was either all of those horrible plastic tubs with, you know, terrible graphic design and muscle men on the on the front, or very kind of hippie-ish stuff. Nothing that was nothing that was appealing to me, nothing that was really a performance or aspirational brand, nothing that was something you wouldn't be, you know, ashamed of having out on your workshop. Um, but importantly, there was nothing that tasted good. I tasted every single vegan protein that there was, um, and they were all, you know, they were all terrible. So I thought that it was an opportunity. Um, it was really interesting for me to do something in a space that I had an interest in, and a space that was really crowded with a lot of people all doing the same thing. I really thought that there would be this clear space for a more performance-driven, aspirational brand that was just a cool brand that tasted great, that happened to be vegan, so that it could bring people along with it that, you know, didn't necessarily identify as vegan, but perhaps wanted to eat a little bit less dairy, perhaps wanted to make more sensible choices around their diet, perhaps wanted a brand that gave back. All of these things were really important to us. So... I think we start or started researching about 2015 and by about 2017 we had products ready to launch but you know during that period must have tasted you know two three hundred different samples most of which pretty close to spitting on the floor um, 
the flavoring as i said earlier you know super super important to uh, to get people repurchasing because that was really the only way that i thought that we'd be able to build a business is with customers coming back you have to have customers coming back so a lot of work went into into formulation what were you doing prior to that Oh, God. So my background's super varied. Um, I studied engineering. I worked in the city, an investment bank for five years. I did an MBA. I got involved in startups. I've had a manufacturing company. But I've always been doing things either in businesses, well, post the city, either in businesses that are doing kind of good in the world. I did a lot of work with UNICEF on water purification, all of this kind of stuff. Uh, also in, in hospitals in terms of MRSA product, uh, prevention. Uh, so always something, you know, commercial businesses that, you know, are trying to make a profit, um, but always a very strong belief that profit-driven social entrepreneurship is probably one of the most mm, totally. effective ways of making uh, good progress on on some of the biggest issues facing facing humanity at the moment because otherwise you're you're relying on donations uh, and you're relying on governments doing it and you know <laughs> you know now it's they're not un- yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's interesting your background as an engineer there's quite a lot of entrepreneurs coming in, into um, space who have a background in that do you think mm-hmm. that really helped with the kind of formulation of form and yeah i mean definitely i mean i studied engineering because why did i study engineering well i studied engineering because i did maths physics and chemistry at a level and i think that's basically what you do but also i wanted to work in formula one so that was what i wanted to do at that point but then i guess like all like all good engineers i went to work in the city (laughs) and spent five years there but what i think engineering uh probably teaches you is is really it's a mindset a problem solving analytical mindset and you you can apply that obviously to engineering but you can apply that to anything and once you have the wherewithal to look at a problem and stick with it until you figure it out. And, sure. and I can vouch that because I'm the other side of the business. Like I see a spreadsheet and I cry. <laughs> <laughs> I said the Damien's like the brain and the numbers and I'm like the heart and the words behind a business. And it's unbelievable because that mindset of an engineer literally Anytime that there is an issue or or a problem, it's just like so amazing to have like a brain that is solution focused and then find a wave of like building things. I'm very creative and like I'm very much into ideas space, but having someone with like, okay, that's how you build things. It's amazing. Yeah, it's Speak, all about... Uh, speaks massively to the, the need to have a complementary skill set yeah, yeah. within startup yeah. founders and to be self-aware enough to know what you're good at yeah. and what you're willing to put time into. I think I think self-awareness, you hit the nail on the head there, in, in building a team, that's the most important thing. You need complementary skill sets, not just to surround yourself with other clever people who just have the same skill set as, as you because you, know, you all come up with the same ideas. Totally. You need a lot of clever people, yes, but clever in different and adjacent and complementary domains of expertise. So I think that's why Natalia and I work well together and, you know, the various other people that and we have around And how did Natalia us. come to join join the business at that stage? Um, I, I knew very early on, obviously, that in, in launching a business, I'd need a great PR. So I went to uh, one of London's biggest PR agencies who shall re- remain nameless, but they gave, they were really great, but they gave me, a, you know, a, a kind of crazy quote for a startup. You know, they, they deal with, like, you know, big yeah. fashion brands and that stuff. Like retainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about that. But what they did do is they said, well, you know, probably what you want to do is speak to... Uh, 
speak to a freelancer we know this great girl natalia she's you know got this amazing background lvmh and so on and you know she's just been away studying nutrition and looking for freelance work so i ended up meeting with natalia and um you know it soon became very evident that was a lot more that you could do right than just be a uh, very a very a very good kind of strategic thinker uh yeah i always remember thinking that you outthought me on a lot of occasions so that was that was always a good thing to to see so yeah i very quickly brought natalia on, on board as a co-founder yeah and for me it was such an exciting experience because for the previous 10 years i've been working in the luxury industry which with incredible brands but i would be giving like a watch or a car or any other brand that I was working. And I was told, okay, we want this on the Telegraph, on the Times, on Vogue, on GQ, on Men's Health, blah, blah, blah. And I would have like no input on the development, on contributing towards the vision and the values of a company. And as soon as I met Damien, I said, this is such an exciting opportunity because at the moment, there's nothing like there's no brand, there is no product. And I can be part of what form is. And I think one of the, the biggest thing that um, luxury business has taught me, it was how to create the dream, right? People they don't buy a Chanel handbag. They buy like the dream, what is what it speaks of you when you're buying Chanel, what it is the badge that you you wear when you are carrying a Chanel handbag, which at that stage of my life, not I wasn't working for Chanel, just to make it clear, I'm just using Chanel as, as an example, which at that point of my life, it didn't really make sense. I felt as a communicator was not really sharing a message that resonated with me. And I wanted to have an opportunity of like impacting uh, people in a positive way. And that's what we do with form. And for me, these aspects of the business is way more interesting. These are like the storytellings. These are the messages that I want to be sharing, like a business that is used as a force for good. And, and that's for me, uh, working with form from day one has been such an incredible opportunity. And to make really clear, I was not made a co-founder from the day one that we met. Again, we met, there was like months, that was like over a year of product development. But then probably Damon realized that I was working a lot and I was going extra mile because of my passion and I think he realized uh, was an asset to the business and I think he was clever enough to realize he would miss me <laughs> 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 if he didn't well, think, increase my salary or gave me I think the, the, in, in building a business it's people overlook how important the team is I know everyone says it and pays lip service to it but you know it's really is the most fundamental important thing that and execution you know everyone's always full of ideas but it's all about execution and to execute you need you need a really a really strong team and you need the right people in the right places you know same as a football team or anything Someone who can bake cupcakes, for example. He cannot bake cupcakes. <laughs> I'm still th I'm still thinking about those See? cupcakes. <laughs> so from the from the testing phase, so you said yeah. you, you you spent a long time sampling the product to make sure yeah. it was as it needed to be. What did it look like from that testing phase to launch and, and what were the kind of headaches around that time? I think, you know, we 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 planned everything. I think we did really well straight from mm. launch, and that's not to kind of be uh, you know, big-headed but we we worked really hard and we did things really right and we really took our time 
we didn't rush anything. Uh, we could have launched, you know, I thought I launched in my head like a year later than I wanted to. So <laughs> that's the kind of timescales that we were working to. Um, but it was important for us to do it to do it right. Um, you really get one shot at launching. And um, we launched with just a core of our uh, four products at that time, two, two proteins and two nootropics. Yeah, we, we were, well, I'd say we were lucky. We, we managed to capture something in a lot of people, A, because we had a great product that tasted good, but B, I think because we had a purpose and because we were doing something good as well. I always wanted to create form to be you know, to elevate that whole idea of nutrition to be more than just a protein shake after the gym. That's the kind of thing I always I always say. It was important because the thing that struck me about the nutrition space was, A, how many nutrition brands don't actually even have a nutritionist and how dumbed down a lot of nutrition information is. And nutrition is an incredibly complex science. And the one thing that I've learned being in this space and being surrounded by people that study this, like our as Natalia said, our head of nutrition, he's, you know, a PhD, 20 years experience, runs all the nutrition courses at the University of Surrey. So this is someone who is, you know, at the forefront. And the thing that strikes you is the more that these people know about nutrition, the less sure they are about the answers. Okay. It's the people that know the least that are the most sure, oh, you must be keto, you must be low fat, you must be high protein, you must be vegan, you must be pure, you know, carnivore. These people on the extremes, they're, in my experience, some of the people that know the least, they're, or the, or it's like the people that are most sure of themselves, you know, they're often the least, the least informed. Uh, it's like a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous mm. thing, right? Um, Certainly. So that was super important, yeah. It was interesting. When, when you started, how did you go about getting people to discover a form, you know? How oh, it's interesting. Well, it, what I did... early ambassadors. Yeah, yeah. So... I mean, I, I was, like I said, I was always interested in nutrition. So as soon as I'd actually settled on the name, or we'd settled on the name rather, I actually started a, an Instagram account for nutrition, the same one we have now. And it was just me publishing, not publishing, but like, you know, posting, sharing interesting information. And I think I did that for about a year or something before we launched. So actually when we launched, we had like 5,000 followers. So we weren't, we weren't launching into a vacuum as, as a lot of people do. Plus Natalia had done a lot of work or had a lot of good contacts in the London kind of wellness scene. And I think we launched with um, influencers and yeah. so on. So. I think, I think what we have to form's advantage is that people genuinely likes the product. Yeah. And and I think that it, it's, we can take credit because we are the taste buds of form, but it, it says a lot when, if you're like thinking about launching a brand, take time to develop a product that you're confident with. Because from the moment that I have like my first bags of form nutrition protein, I would give uh, to the wellness um, friends that I had in the industry, that being Naomi Smart, that being Shona Virtue, that being Madeleine Shaw, that being uh, journalists working at Tatler, at Men's Health, Women's Health. And I, I just, okay, you know, this is a brand that I'm working with. Would you like to try? And everyone loved if your if your product sucks, you can have the best marketing strategy yeah, yeah. in the world. Yeah. Exactly, you can you can be yeah. you can be for the purpose. Yeah. You can be yeah. doing great work. If your product sucks, particularly a product that relies on people buying it regularly yeah. and going back yeah. to and you know and and, and using it's, it as a supplement, it has to deliver. Because if it doesn't, 
it's pointless. People won't want to be associated with. Like we we have like a whole section on our Instagram called No Ads, and we have like incredible people like Vanessa Falconer like talking about like how much she loves it, and we have like Pixar girl dove telling you know how much she loves it and this is just people who are behind what we are doing and are behind what form it stands for it's organic organic ambassadors that that you've cultivated through having a quality product not for you having to necessarily pay them which to begin with can be a route to get people to try it but ultimately you want to create real ambassadors that are actually using and buying the product themselves regardless and and real people as well that Mm. sense of community like you go to our instagram for example because that's where people can really see it happening um you see like all the creations that like they make like better pancakes they make like better literally like cookies than than i do it's amazing like such creative use of products and so much passion around what we have created and if you go on a website and you read the reviews, like if I'm having a, a, a bad day or if I'm like a little bit tired, I just go and I start reading the reviews because you, you can see like the impact that your products have on people's life. And that's really rewarding. Brilliant. When did you, where did you first launch? What, which stores did you go into initially? So, well, we launched online, launched online in first. March 2017. So it was direct to consumer initially? Yeah, direct to consumer initially. And actually, I, I wanted to be 100% uh, DTC as a brand. Um, but Natalia actually convinced me to go into Planet Organic. And they, they took us from June 2017, so literally two months after launch. And then by September 2017, we were the best-selling protein in Planet Organic, which is amazing. So, And now we lead that category with, you know, number number seven out of the top 10 spots or something like that. It's crazy. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're Net-A-Porter, Selfridges, Sweaty Betty, Dalesford Organic, Bamford Spa, um, Brown's Fashion, which is kind of cool. Um, so we always looked at, um, I mean, for us... It, putting putting form as a brand in, in retail was something we did very, very carefully. So it would be easy to sell out. You know, we've said no to Holland and Barrett. We've said no to Sainsbury's and things like that because we want to be in places where you might not expect to find a nutrition brand and in places where you necessarily won't find, you know, our, our competitors and so on. I like to be in the places that other brands can't reach. So it, it's, 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 a it's essentially yeah. becoming a, a lifestyle product as opposed to an after post workout yeah, yeah, yeah. supplement. Yeah, no, exactly. And what was the what was the thinking, Natalia? Then, so you said Natalia was able to convince you to go into retail. What was your reason for wanting to go into retail and not purely be online direct to consumer? It's just because I thought we needed uh, a credibility. Right, you see, especially in the wellness scene, you you see a lot of brands coming up to this space. And Planet Organic has an incredible process of curating the best products. Literally, you go, you meet the buyer, the buyer is a nutritionist who looks into every single ingredient that goes into your product. So from the moment that we launched, having Planet Organic as our stockist, it spoke highly of what we were doing. And then secondly, as a marketing platform, we are independent startup. We need to associate with uh, bigger brands and get that visibility, have that physical presence in front of people that then in the end of the day might come back to our website. But we need that shelf exposure at the right places. The other thing it is that is we have a business model that we do not work with distributors, which sounds crazy because people say, okay, you launch, you need a distributor who is going to open all the retail doors. 
every single retail door that you see formed, that being our European partnership with Soho House, that being at a porter, suffragettes, that being Boots, every single door was opened by us. And we don't have a sales team. When I say us, it's Damien and myself. <laughs> it's reputation by association, Reputation by association. It's also like how you connect with the doors that you're there. Like we go there, we do the training. For us, it's very important to have that level of like personal because commerce, it is connection. And for us, I believe that the only way of creating change all the only way of making plant-based food and lifestyle more available, it is through education. The education that is every single touch point that you have with consumer, that being through your website, that being through social media, that being from the space where they're buying you. And, and that's why potentially coming from the luxury business, you have that tendency of being quite control freak. And I'm not going to deny it. I am a bit of a control <laughs> freak. <laughs> how, how, does that, how does that process look like? For some for people that are listening, you, you have a product, you, you have somewhere that you'd love to list your product, so say like a, a net-a-porter or a so house. Yeah, I mean, when I first started thinking about this in 2015 I never would have even thought that we'd be on you know Net-a-Porter or Browns you know but I did actually yeah <laughs> and actually I think they I were did. just starting their they were just starting a wellness offering that I mean, it's a very new thing for for them relatively as well so wellness has kind of been combined into beauty now which makes sense so people are starting Certainly. to see performance as a much more holistic uh holistic thing one of the um... The inspirations for, for Damien was, um, what is the name, the, ocean, the Blue Ocean Strategy? Yeah, Blue Ocean The Blue Strategy. Ocean Strategy. And it's all about making competition irrelevant and creating that micro-monopoly on, on where you're sitting. And for me, that was the vision. I came from luxury, I came from lifestyle, and I have like this passion from wellness and well-being and plant-based nutrition. But I thought no one was doing in a way that uh, it is attractive. So we need to make in a way that is attractive and put it there to the people who are not necessarily seeing it. And that's the beauty of the plant-based space is that for many of us, it's about working in collaboration to bring about what is ultimately our combined mission, which is to have move people across from animal-based products yeah. to plant-based products. And, and, and the, more, the more consumers we create in this category, the more that everyone, everyone benefits. And I think it speaks to what you guys have done in terms of collaborating with brands who are not in the same marketplace as you whether it be at fashion or whatever else that we can share consumers mm. because ultimately there we're addressing different pain points but in a way that's aligned in terms of our values and our, our, our yeah. brand and, and and what we stand for and we've never really kind of pushed the whole vegan thing even all that much you know i've always taken the view that it's you know those those absolutes aren't helpful in a way, totally, totally agree. For, for most people, becoming a vegan is so hard that they'll give up on the first day, especially if you're a busy mother with three kids and but stuff equally, like that. If everyone was plant based 50% of the yeah. time, 60% of the yeah. time, what an impact that would make. Yeah. It's not about adopting these yeah. very niche. You're and, just moving in yeah. that direction. And, totally. and, and a plant based shake is one of the easiest ways you can do that without any compromise to, to anything totally. in your in terms of your own benefit, whether that's function from the nutrition or, or flavour and taste. I come from a family where my grandparents, they have a cattle farm. My dad has a dairy factory and I'm vegan and I have a plant-based company. So it's almost that every time that we do a post, every time that we're explaining what we do and how we do it, I never want 
to have any hint of judgment, to have any hint of like preaching, because it's almost like I'm judging and I'm like preaching to my own family. And and I think that's how people should see their consumers. They should see their consumers as the members of the family. And for me, it's easier, right? Because I have like these three generations of change. But if there is one one thing that I believe we have done it right is having a language that is kind. I agree. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the future from you guys from here? So where you find yourself today, you're looking forward now. Where do you see the the company going? Well, I mean, there's a few big things we're working on, both in terms of new products uh, and then geographical expansion. We're looking at the US at the moment. Um, hope to have a region specific US website running up in the next kind of month or two, uh, then looking at a physical rollout in the US as well. So obviously that's a big thing for us. Uh, and the other thing is new products. Um, we're doing a lot of, I mean, we've always actually been really into content. Um, so we recently relaunched our, what you would call it, blog or journal or whatever you, as, um, as Inform. Um, partly because it's just the information that we'd like to read and see ourselves. And also because in the long term, I think that content is probably the smartest the smartest way to be marketing a brand right now. To view um, yourself as a media company as well as, yeah, a, yeah. as well whatever mean, form, you do. Form, you know, for me, it should be a platform for all of these other things. And nutrition is just, just really the first thing. Mm. Perfect. I've got some questions to ask you, if you don't mind. Sure. I haven't sent them to you before. <laughs> these are fresh questions. I'd like to get the first answer that comes to you. So Natalia, I'll ask you first. Why do you get up in the morning? Why do I get up in the yes. morning? I get up in the morning to make this world a better place. Beautiful. You know, to make a difference, I really enjoy my work and I enjoy creating something. Um, and I think, you know, doing a business, a product, it's the most creative thing you can you can do and the way you can add the, the biggest amount of value to the, to the most, most amount of lives. What problem are you trying to solve with your business? It is to attract people to a plant-based lifestyle and make weight irrelevant. Boom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you watch me. <laughs> what resource has the biggest impact on your business? It would be books. Uh, I'm an avid, avid reader and study, studier, uh, learner. Um, some books that have really helped me would be, well, Blue Ocean Strategy was the one that Natalia mentioned earlier. That was one I, I studied on my MBA, really, about kind of creating uncontested market spaces. Really interesting. Um, but also, you know, some really, I, I, I like the Stoics a lot. So uh, Marcus Aurelius Meditations, super interesting. Uh, Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Um yeah, just th things around personal development and just understanding your own mind and tendencies and becoming more self-aware, I think. That leads really well into my next question, actually, which I'll direct to Natalia. What are your top three books or podcasts that you'd recommend to entrepreneurs? My top three podcasts. I, I do... You can start with this one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Fevolution podcast. Yeah, have have Fevolution yeah. podcast and Fevolution podcast. <laughs> I like uh, how I built this. I think it's a great one. It's very well edited. Um, really good guests. I also have one who is for my own interest, and it's called 
awake in the world and it's about meditation and it's also about Buddhist teachings, which for me is very important because that is where I find my highest motivation. And the third one I like, um, what was the third one? Opera. I love opera. I love anything that she has to share. And then books. Okay, books. Recently, I read Shoe Dog. Oh, yeah, I've read that. That's great. Yeah, I, mean, I listened to it actually on audio. Did yeah. you? Yeah. I, I I read it and I read it because it was a gift from our former intern and I absolutely love it. As soon as I finished, I, I had tears in my eyes, which I didn't expect to have. Great. This one's for Damien. Uh, so what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started? I I guess what <laughs> how, life form. <laughs> how 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 to uh, how to flavor a plant-based protein, I guess. <laughs> that was the one thing that took so long. If we could have figured that out quicker, we Like be... how would you how do you do that? Like what's the Oh, uh, well, it was pretty complicated. It's, kind of, it's, it's half, He cannot tell a secret. Half, half, <laughs> half art, half science so yeah. flavorings are really big science actually I, you know I was, I was really into food and like wine tasting and everything so i kind of understood flavor profiles and all of this kind of stuff but obviously it wasn't actually me that was doing the flavoring we had a lab and and flavor people that, that do all of that um but yeah that would be the one thing <laughs> that we know now that we didn't know before natalia what's the biggest challenge you've had to overcome so far biggest challenge that i had to overcome so far well, I arrived in this country 12 years ago without speaking the language and I ended up like building a successful career in communications. So that I think it was a challenge. Not speaking English. No, not necessarily not speaking English, but reinventing yourself in a different culture, doing on your own. And then we do it again when I got a divorce and then everything that I had in my life that was like family, friends and money was attached to a human being who was wonderful and then all of a sudden not having that human being in my life again was like really hard because basically you're just like taking everything that you have again family, friends and money but I think it's these moments of like not being afraid to break it's really where you build your resilience it's really where you have like the chance of like connecting to your inner strength and learn what you're made of. So um, what do you do to keep yourself sane? I work out a lot at the gym. I'm, I was a little bit addicted to Peloton, you know, the, uh, yeah, yeah, I've kind of cut back on that. Uh, what well, whereabouts are you ranked now when you're Peloton? Uh, <laughs> okay. No, I'm like, uh, I do pretty well on that. Um, but um, yeah, Weights, gym, something I've always, always done. Yoga, um, meditate, meditate a lot and have for many years. Um, there'll be things, and reading. Reading's been the one thing that I've always, always done a lot of. When do you make time for your reading? Is it in the morning? Uh, normally in the or evening. evening. Yeah, normally in the evening. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on and having this conversation. Have you got anything that's coming up that you'd like to talk about or you'd like to put out there? No, I think the US launch is a big thing. Uh, we've, oh, we've got a new flavour coming out soon, haven't we? Oh, tell me. Super, super Blend's me. coming out in toffee flavour. It's actually just in, in production now, actually, so in the next few weeks. I'm excited to try that. Yeah, and, and where can we'll people, send you some. And where can people find more about Form? Formnutrition.com. 
And, uh, you know, at Form Nutrition on all major social media networks. <laughs> yeah, there is just one thing that I, I just would like, whatever, like, if you're already like a Form supporter or if you're not, it's just like a thank you on behalf of Bangsang Hospital. That is uh, the charity that we support in in the Gambia. And I feel that we, we don't talk a lot about it because we never want to be seen just like showing off. But in the end of the day, like it gives me like so much joy every time that Mariama, who is like the nurse, has my WhatsApp and send us the messages and the pictures and the reports. And in the end of the day, all that incredible job that is done in the Gambia in this community in Bangsang is not thanks to form, it's actually thanks to our clients who are buying our products. So I just want to say that everyone out there, thank you. Congratulations, guys. Thanks for coming in. It's been, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. No, thank no, you thank for you. having us. It's fun. This podcast is produced by Feevolution. It is edited by Bradley Addison Child, hosted by Louis Blake, Damian Clarkson, and Judy Nadell. To learn more, visit slash business and check us out on Instagram at plantbasedbusiness, Louis underscore Blake, and Feevolution underscore. So please share this far and wide, and we'll see you plantpreneurs next time.